Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You're talking about your movie, why I made the curator's deck of the Hollywood Fringe Festival. Unity, 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 going on people do we have a great show for you today this is crazy d you know welcome to hashtag tfr podcast live episode 48 right let's save that real quick all right episode 48 and let me bring in my special guest host my sister Tanya M Congress let's check out the mics and everything make sure everything is going copacetic this morning how are you how are you how are you how are you I am well, and uh, as I was describing to you before we came on, I said I was trying a new beauty uh, additive, and uh, as you know, when you have natural beauty, anything else just enhances. So it's nothing like getting something that's supposed to be a shortcut for you, and it ends up causing you to take the long road. (laughs) Anyway, I can't stand that. Other than that... I'm doing well this morning. I have my barley water. I did remember to chill it last night so it could soak overnight. And I have a honey crisp, a cut. A, it's a giant apple. You see how much um, apples in this bowl? That's one apple, and uh, it was a huge apple. It's honey crisp, and then I, have, of course, I have my ginger, and I'm good and ready to go with today's topic. How are you today? I am doing as well as can be expected under the circumstances, right? You know, we are in the middle of COVID-19, noble coronavirus, right? And while we're in the middle, while we are in the middle of that, we are tackling various subjects that are important to the American black community on this show that we call Hashtag Observations by Crazy D with my special guest host, Tanya in Congress, right? So what's our topic for today? What is our topic for today? Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? Pop part five of possibilities and probabilities observations episode 48 213 943 
how do we begin this today? Our week-long series on possibilities and probabilities finish and culminate today with black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? 213-943-3358. When there are devils in our midst, available, able to kick the lingo, most want to hear, talk results with very few existing to their name, what else should we call those who look like us but never produce progress for us, but devil. What happened to the reparations HR 40? Was it all a show for Juneteenth? And what happened to reparations discussions within the politic in 2020? Oh, when it was 2019 and it was the 400 year anniversary of the first 20 landing at Jamestown and Oh, oh, they were all into it. They were talking about reparations, HR 40. But as soon as the election turned into full gear in 2020, there were no more reparations discussion. How can a quote unquote black politician help another country's black population when he or she hasn't helped his or her own in the United States of America? Let's go over that again. How can a so-called, quote-unquote, black politician help another country's black population when he or she hasn't helped his or her own in the United States of America? Let's discuss. The phone lines are open. 213-943-3358. It is a Friday. Can you believe it is a Friday? So let's start with some memes. Let's start with some memes this morning. Yeah, let's start with this right here. All right, let's start with something as we warm up. We always warm up, so let's warm up here. Did you know Ava DuVernay is doing a docudrama on Colin Kaepernick? And she has cast Jaden Michael as the athlete and activist when he was a young child, right? Now, most people know Jaden Michael, Jaden Michael from Vampires vs. The Bronx, which is on Netflix. And we reviewed that a few weeks back in our first episodes that have to do with what you watch during Halloween. So they have another meme where they have uh, Jaden alongside when Colin Kaepernick was just a young boy probably playing uh, Bantam football. And they, they look similar. So that's a good that's a good uh, connect there. Okay. So here's another meme. If animals took selfies and posted them on FB, about to eat this idiot. Hashtag blessed. 
about to eat this idiot. Hashtag blessed. Yeah, yeah, that's a big lion too. That's huge, huge. It's no no way of him getting away from that lion. Not at all. Not at all. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Now, here's a here's a meme on perspectives of respect. Okay, and I'm gonna see if you catch this off the top, time. Replace. N-I-G-G-A with brother, replace B-I-T-C-H with sisters, replace H-O-E's with women, watch the respect level change overnight. Now, the key word in this is replace. Do you notice what that means when you replace something? Uh, when you replace it, you're not really uh, changing the meaning. You're just replacing, you're exchanging one thing for, for another. But if in your heart you don't mean what it is you're saying, a replacement is not, a replacement is just an exchange. It's not a change. That's right. But it says, watch the respect level change overnight but you're replacing N-word with brother. So if I'm still thinking of you as mine or that no good, I can't stand you, brother. But you're still saying, you say, hey, sister, come on over here and get on your knees. But you're still saying, or you're saying, oh, man, look at all these women out here. And you're thinking in the same way, well, the replace doesn't change the respect level overnight because the respect level will be the same because you're still thinking the same about the word. Because when I say brother, I'm not thinking N-I-G-G-A. When I say sisters, I don't think B-I-T-C-H. And when I say women, I don't think H-O-E. So, I mean, it's just in, just in perspective, you know, psychological, mental perspective. I'm not thinking that. Smash the share button, smash the like button, because we're getting ready to get on the road. What is the topic for tonight? Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? Part five. The finish, the culmination of possibilities and probabilities. Okay. All right, so I have a question for you, Tanya. I saw this meme, and I thought this okay. was, thought this meme was pretty good. So let me bring it up here. I thought this was pretty good. Which one would you rather have? You can only pick one. A, 850 credit score. B, $2 million in cash. C, $4,000 a week for life. Which one would you pick? You can only pick one, and why? Um, let me see. That's a that's a hard one because I can think of reasons for all of them. Um, of course, let's see. 
I would take A. And the reason why I take A is because when you understand how wealth works, you understand that the wealthy, you think because they have a lot of money that they don't use a lot of credit, but that's quite the contrary. The reason why their scores are 850, that's like the ultimate score. So the reason why it is, is because they use credit quite, quite regularly and they're able to pay for things with credit. And then when they pay back into the credit, that's what boosts the score when they go to pay it. So they're never out of money and they can take their cash and invest it so it can grow while the, the uh, credit score can enable them to use their credit you know, temporarily while they're doing other things. So yeah, I would take, uh, having understanding of how wealth works, I would take 850. The other ones, 2 million, uh, you can invest it and some of the investments can go belly up. 2 million can go very fast and $4,000 a week for life, that's still limiting you. It's still limiting you. You know, this is a this is a brain teaser, people. Make sure you smash the like button, smash the share button, because these are this is information that you have to really think. I mean, you have to really because it's a tease. Because I automatically eliminated, I automatically eliminated A. I automatically eliminated A because. What do I need a credit score for? If I have guaranteed money coming from me, I can go buy what I want. And because I have money, people want to just give me things. Anyway, that's the way this society works. So A was out because 850 credit score, if there's a downturn like it is now with the COVID, that, that 850 can easily go 625. <laughs> they can easily go 625 and that great skip credit score because you got credit. Credit is debt. So I eliminated that. I eliminated that. I mean okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm just I'm just going through my so I eliminated that automatically, right? The two million in cash, that's right. That is a stagnant, that is a stagnant situation. So we're looking at C, and you know how they say that most answers on test A, B, C, and D, you pick C, it's usually the right answer. I picked C because you got uh, four weeks, that's 16,000 times 52 weeks. What's 16,000 times 52 weeks? Add that up real quick. Uh, 16,000 times 52 weeks, right? Let me so, pull up my calculator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 16,000 times 52 weeks. So we have to look, we have to look and really look at it. So, so that's $832,000 a year. $832,000 a year times five years. How much is that? Times five years. Which $4,160,000. Four million dollars. So automatically, in five years, you made four million. Now let's say that you had expenses and you you, you had the regular grocery list, and you say, let's say uh, groceries, toiletries. Let's say they cost fifteen thousand times 
four weeks. No, every two weeks. So times two times 52 comes up to what? Wait a minute, say that again. So you're going, you're going gross. I said it's 1,500 every two weeks times two times 52 weeks. That's $156,000. Times five, times five years. $780,000. Okay, so you have made four million and you're subtracting how much? $780,000. That's it. And you have basically $3 million left within five years, but you're constantly getting 4,000 a week. So I picked C. I picked C for life. You are well off and you are constantly getting something. So after you get well off after four years, even if you cut corners and cut corners on that, you still have 4,000 coming a week for life. And so you're there, you have that, and you can take that 4000 if you have that lump sum after five years and start investing it. And they automatically are going to give you a credit line because you are a million to billionaire pretty soon. What you say to that? Yeah, but I cut my, my first choice would have been C, except for once you realize to have an 850 credit score and keep it consistently at 850 you're already a millionaire you're already a millionaire so money is not the issue the issue is putting yourself understanding how certain things work as far as land acquisition and property acquisition and what they're looking for in the midst of this game that we're playing here in this maze uh just considering that um you know, I would choose that at this time. But yeah, I mean, C is is all, it depends. It's a matter of perspectives because if you don't want to be locked into this system, you choose C. Um, but if you still have things that you're trying to acquire, you choose A. Um, certain things, certain things. It's just knowing how certain things work it, the A50 credit score, you have to already basically be well off to um, to even have an A50 credit score. If you get one average person, then it would be a concern if things crash, your score is going to drop because you got too much credit out there, you in debt. But for the rich, debt is not really debt, it's just juggling. It's not really debt to them because they could pay off all of their credit cards. But when you pay off all your credit cards in this game, your credit score tanks. It drops. If you pay everything down to zero, it drops. Right, 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 right. So, you know, just looking at it, C, I picked C because, and see, so these are twists because people, you, you buy land houses for credit because you know you're just squatting but you're not owning the land you're just going into you're able to get that mortgage for 30 years but you get the money you buy the land they are going to give you a credit line and people are probably going to give you millions of dollars because they see that you know how to use your money 
and you didn't lose your money getting that four thousand a week. So it all depends. It's all the game. It's all the game of money still because they give people things who have things. People who don't have, they don't give. Here's another one. Here's another one. When you start healing yourself, ancestors show up. Do they to protect and guide you on the path to your true self. When you start healing yourself, ancestors show up to protect and guide you on the path to your true self. And like we were discussing yesterday, not going back, not going back, but this meme came up, so I decided to grab it. It seems to come up after we have our shows. And so I just grabbed it, I, you know, but you know, if the ancestors were great, wouldn't they have solved the problem that is left behind for the rest who are left behind after their passing? Wouldn't they have solved it already? Okay. So here's another. Did you know the Cheaters now has Peter Guns as the host? You know, Peter Guns is an MC. He's been on Love and Hip Hop and you know, he is a, I guess he must be a reformed cheater because on the show, it was alleged on Love and Hip Hop that he was cheating. And matter of fact, he had a couple of different women at the time. Like, but he's the host. He's the host. I need headsets on that. I'm hearing feedback. Thank you. What do you got to say to that? I think that's funny. I didn't even know that Cheaters was still, I mean, I know that it still comes on, but I thought those were old reruns that was up to 10 years ago. So uh, he's the new host of Cheaters, but I'm gathering then that it's a resurgence of Cheaters because I didn't know it was still current. Um, I didn't know that. You know, the the original host got stabbed up, uh, I think it was a couple of times, but he came back. But, you know, he said enough was enough. I can't keep getting stabbed up, right? Okay. So now, <laughs> smash the share button, smash the like button. Make sure you subscribe to the Film Review Live channel on YouTube. We want to see 10 subscribers by the time that show is over today. Now listen. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Humans must merge with machines or become irrelevant in AI age. Humans must merge with machines or become irrelevant in AI age. Now, on hashtag TFR Podcast Live, we talked about this when we talked about, you know, surviving the machines. E Elon Musk you know, the owner of Tesla says humans must merge with machines or become irrelevant in AI age. Where does that leave 
everything else, everything else that you believe, if you merge with the machine, what where does it leave what you believe? Or would that be obsolete as well? What would you say to that? Well, I think that in lines of um, beliefs, I think it, it beckons to um, everybody has to re-examine themselves um, when it comes to everything that, and I've been saying this for years, I've been teaching this for years, that because we are in the matrix in the middle of a maze, in the middle of a house of mirrors, we have to re-examine everything that we've ever known in lines of spiritual belief. We have to re-examine that because, and look at things in a logical way. One thing is when we think of God and who God is, what God is, so on and so forth, you cannot uh, explain away logic. And so then when we want to explain away logic, we use these, we isolate scriptures. And for the record, for those of you who are not used to biblical interpretation or how to interpret scripture, um, the scripture itself says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every matter be established. So in order to properly interpret a scripture, it must be something, it must be at least one other one to corroborate it. Else, if you leave it as a standalone, this is where error is built. Error is built when you isolate scripture and take one and then build a thought around it and you don't have supporting scripture in order to, because scripture backs up itself. So it's no need to try to create something unless you're trying to create a line of thought that's just going to benefit yourself, all right? So you, when in lines of that, we have to re-examine that and not use the scripture, you know, well, his ways, his thoughts is not our thoughts and his ways is not our ways. Not as human, but when you tap into your God, man, it is, his thoughts are our thoughts. His ways are our ways, or we, ours are his. So, and God himself is a spirit, all right? And so here we go, the spirit is inside us. So when we think about that, we have to re-examine things like we've never known them to be before. The things that Hollywood shows you, though it is so corrupt and, and so on and so forth, there is truth to their uh, fantasy movies that they show. There's truth to other life forms. How arrogant would we be to think that it, out of all the other planets that were created, that we are the only one that has life, life forms on our planet. There are other planets that have life forms. Some planets, life forms can't survive there. But how do we know that? They're their exterior or their they may not be made of flesh they be on mars mars is hot we can't survive there we would melt there but there may be a life form there that is surviving on mars they may come here and freeze to death you understand so we can't be so arrogant and so uh have our minds so compartmentalized that we can't think outside of the box. That's not even how we were created. That's how we were trained in this matrix to think in just being a box. So this guy, you know, I've looked at him and I've examined him for a little while and he looks like a devil to me. He looks like a person 
uh, he looks like a person that is operating on the other side. However, there is something coming, which is why we have to be at our best that we can be in order to be able to sustain in the middle of this. There is something coming. There is, they're trying to completely replace humans um, completely, but they can't do that because it's always going to take a human to run it. It's not going to be on autopilot and become self-sufficient because it's not created the way we were created as a life form. So it's always going to take humans to be here on earth, but where we stand in it is depending on where we position ourselves to stand. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know about that. Like Skynet, if this computer age I, AI, artificial intelligence becomes intelligent and turns on and becomes conscious, I don't know if they would necessarily need humans. I don't know. They say, you're, you're a scourge. You're a scourge. Okay, people. Here's one, Tanya. Which one loved their woman the most? Can you see that clearly? Which one loved yeah their woman the most. Of course, you see, uh, I'm not sure who that is to the left. I think that's somebody. But then next is Forrest Gump and his, uh, what is it? Judy, uh, Judy, or whatever her name was, right? But anyway, uh, Urkel, Saved by the Bell. That's Jody, right? Uh, that's Love and Basketball. And I'm not too sure who those two are right there. And then that's, up there, but which one would you choose and say, hey, they loved their woman the best? Um, Thank you. Hmm. I'm thinking Steve Urkel. <laughs> Steve Urkel lasted to the bitter end. <laughs> Even to being Stefan, changing into Stefan. Myself, right. I want to pick Jody from Baby Boy. I think he loved his woman the month he loved his baby's mama enough to in the end marry her and be starting a family with a second child as the movie faded faded to black but in between time he had to fight off uh his woman's his baby mama's ex who had been in jail for a long time and had to fight him off and was willing to do what was necessary to make sure that he wouldn't be a threat any long so i was any longer so i would have to say that jody from baby boy these are mind benders today because you have to think and where we're headed okay here's here's another mind bender here you know, for those who are fans. It's mind bender. Here's a mind bender. What song made you become a Prince fan? 
what song see they, they show you all of the various princes right which prince song made you a fan of prince um well i was a fan of his when i first heard him so um and it would be from the first album that was out on warner brothers now he had some before that that i got after that so because i didn't hear those till after um like 94 um i forget that it's 94 something that was a, a album he did with some people in minneapolis before warner brothers but for you was the first album on warner brothers and uh soft and wet was a song and i like soft and wet because it was funky you know the subject matter you know it was what it was but that it was i mean it was this it was well put together don't 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 i mean the the bass and the rhythm was just riding and it was little things going on in between in between the beat on the beat it was it was funky it was well constructed so i really liked that song and that was from the for you album well for me the song that made me become a Prince listener, I'm never a fan, but you know, I, I was a Prince listener and I liked his music was BAM! BAM! Controversy. Controversy. Yeah, yeah. Am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Da -da -da -da. Controversy. So for me, it was controversy, and it was also that let's work. Oh and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. To take that forty-five and put the little don't, don't, spindle, don't, yellow don't, spindle in between. Yeah. I used to put the little spindle in between the 45 and be like, let's work, let's work, let's work, let's work, let's work, let's work, let's work. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. That was a good meme. And I said, hmm, how far does people's knowledge of Prince go back? Now, this. You know, they've been saying that this is record-breaking record voting right now. Record-breaking voting. This is what the media has been lying to you so long. <laughs> like, we're getting the mind a company to not listening to what the media is telling you. Okay, look. They've said that 74 million people have voted i said 74 million and it says it's on it's on it's a record at this time early voting and i was like hmm early voting like it's a record it's more people that have voted and i kept asking well what was the vote count in 08 and 2012. i've been asking that right okay so I just went to Google. Google is your friend. You know, no matter what the uh, government is trying to do, you know, if you ask a question to Google, 
It's just like Ash Jeeves back in the day. And they made Ash Jeeves obsolete. So you go to Google and you ask the question. So I just asked the Google, how many people voted in the 2008 general election? You have to ask the right questions to get the right answers. Okay. So let's look at this. Turnout statistics, election, voting age population, BAP, right? Right? Turnout, right? Percentage of turnout, right? Okay, so 2008, 200, I'm just going to round it up, 230 million people voted out of the population of the United States, which is 50 excuse me, 57.1%. In 2012, a little less, 235 million voted, and it was 54.9%. In 2016, it increased, but it was still lower than uh, what happened. Well, actually, it was more than what happened in by number, but somehow the percentage is off, which I have to ask a question and say, hmm, that seems kind of strange. The percentage would be lower than the percentage in 08, but it was more people that voted. It seems a little <laughs> strange in the game. But anyway, 250, I'm going to just round it, 250 million people voted in the 2016 election and they don't have the results for 2020 yet, but they're saying that 74 million people is a record at this time, early voting. These numbers and these statistics tell me something. Do you see what it's telling you? Can you can you look at it? Can you tell what it's saying? Just those statistics. Um, <laughs> it's saying to me that it is. Let's see here. That says two thirty-five was fifty. Okay, so what? Okay, so in 2008, it's 229,945, 57.1%. But it's more people in 2012, but it's less turnout. Uh, what, 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 how are we figuring this here? And so we have in 2016, it's up by about 15,000 over the four years before, and it's only up by, um, one percent so how are they measuring these percentages in ratio to the voting population or whatever what what i mean they're gonna say 74 million people were voting in early voting and what does that mean and who's saying that is it the dems saying how a uh, bragging about because early voting doesn't necessarily mean it was for you because it was early voting. I mean, big deal, early voting. If they still, half of those votes can still, or over half of them can still be for a Republican candidate. So what difference does it make in this early voting? To me, that's a joke. As I get spammed with, you know, people have, whoever the old owner of my number was, I've had this number for like two or three years. 
So whoever, uh, somebody used to have it named Valicia and they have a whole list because they sent me, hey, Valicia, it's Sandy, a volunteer with Stand Up America. Early voting is open in Ohio. <laughs> I got one from Michael from the NAACP. I got one from Mildred. I got three from Michael, the NAACP, and three from Mildred from the NAACP. Not to mention all of the other uh, literature that comes through the mail about early voting. And so I, I suspect it would be the Democrats that would be uh, bragging about the early voting having such a turnout uh, because they want to create the misnomer that, you know, they want us to believe that they're winning. Okay. Okay. So there's two things about the turnout percentage, maybe more there's a larger population in the United States, so thus the percentage will go down, maybe, or they're playing with the numbers. But the main thing that these statistics, voter turnout, right, and voting age population, they voted, and the turnout by percentage is telling me is that if 74 million people have voted already, and they're making a big deal out of that, but the Republicans are saying that Trump's people are coming out on election day to come out and vote. It appears to me that over 1 million, 1 million 205 million people, 125 million people are going to come out and vote and it looks like it will be a landslide. It, it, I mean, just by going what the talking heads are saying and we're looking at the totals of what it was and they said 74 million people have come out and voted already, that means that roughly 173 million haven't yet, right? Roughly, maybe a little higher, but either way, roughly those many people have not come out and voted yet, which is going to see a turn on this election. But we're not talking about the election because we don't have a, a, a dog in that hunt, right? I'm just saying how the media lies to you and how a lot of people might just be disappointed, right? Now, this one I thought was a nice one. This one came from, this next meme came from DJ Holiday, the original DJ Holiday. It said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, remember those? Throwback yeah. Thursday, right? This was yesterday. Hip hop moments should have been immortalized like this, right? Everyone had one of those as children and uh, I believe they did, hopefully they did. If not, they were a little bit deprived, but it's okay. Which gets us to looking at perspective. All this was to set up your perspective. So what is the topic again for today? Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? Black politicians are the devil. 
How far is too far? Again, when there are devils in our midst, able to kick the lingo most want to hear, talk results with very few existing to their name. A lot of people who are in office have no result, no results to their name where it comes to American Blacks and we are here to detail why that is tonight. Smash the share button, smash the like button. Tonight or today, this morning or this evening, this afternoon, whichever you want to say, but this is what we are doing on this show today. Smash the share button, smash the like button because we are going on a bumpy ride. Put your seatbelt on. We were already bumpy in just the means. It's about perspective, right? The possibilities and the probabilities of what is going on, right? Now, remember, we're not talking politics. We're not talking about the election. We are talking about the positioning of black politicians and that black politicians are the devil how far is too far how far are you willing to go right when there are devils in our midst able to kick the lingo most want to hear talk results with very few existing to their name what else should we call those who look like us but never produce progress for us but Devil, what happened to the reparations HR 40? Was it all a show for Juneteenth? And what happened to reparations discussions within the politic in 2020? How can a quote unquote black politician help another country's black population when he or she hasn't helped his or her own in the United States of America. The phone lines are open, 213-943-3358, but we are not discussing the election. We have moved past the election. We are moving into perspectives that help American Blacks move forward, which brings us to our presentation of the day, our package of today. Let me bring it down. Now, we're gonna go through this. Smash the share button, smash the like button because there's certain things, certain things that you have to fill in the blank on. And this is what we do at hashtag observations, TFR, right? Now, the person that I just brought up is Claude Anderson, right? Claude Anderson. Make sure that you write that down and you research Claude Anderson, okay? Now, what good are, quote-unquote, black politicians if they are only talk? So let's get to it. And then we're going to, of course, stop along the way and give context, right, to what we're seeing. So let's get to it right now. 
And what did you think about uh, Kamala Harris? You know, you said voting is an illusion. Uh, they're probably nice people. They ain't going to do it for the black folk. You say, I have, I have yet to this day ever heard or seen not one president, not one candidate for public office ever get up and say, oh, here's what I'm going to do for black folk. That violates the entire premise of, 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 of politics. Politics is a process that decides who's going to get what benefits out of life. It's based on a very simple premise, premise of quid pro quo. Politics, as you know it now, never existed until about the 1500s. And what it says, and it said, we will determine who gets what blessings and who gets who who gets who suffers. And so, uh, consequently, nobody's ever stood up and said, "Here's what black folk are gonna get." You're talking about the candidates. The first thing these black folks should be asking is not what candidates you're gonna represent or gonna vote for. Who cares? What you should be asking is, what are you gonna get? What are you voting That's for? Right. What are you gonna get in exchange for your vote? That's right. What- now, to put this in context, smash the share button. Smash the like button. Politics is about quid pro quo. What am I going to get for what I do for you? What am I going to get for me casting the vote for you? What are you promising me Promising me for my vote? Right? That's what he said. He said there has never been in his lifetime a politician that stood up and said, this is what I'm going to do for black folks in particular. Never has been and never will be ended. It's not about call of personality. We talked about that, right? So we're not going back. You have to go back to the previous shows last week to get caught of personality. We're not moving backwards. We're moving forwards, right? So it's not about cult of personality, but it's about what policies, what laws are going to be passed, what reparations will come. You see? So let's continue on, right? As we go through. Again, this is a piece edited by yours truly. You know, I take my credit. It is concise and precise. And when we bring in the context even more, it gets even more of that. So let's continue on. What do you get? What are you voting for? What are you going to get? Mm-hmm. If you ain't getting a damn thing, why are you voting? And see, black and not one candidate in all the years I ran campaigns, not one candidate or one president, had, or one party, political party, neither the Republican or the Democratic Party, Libertarian Party, Green Party, not one has ever promised that if I get the black vote, here's what I'm going to do for black folks. It's the first year it's ever happened, and I think the only reason it's happened is because of all the hell that's being raised on social media. And, you know, like a lot of times when these presidential candidates come up here, we ask them specifically, what is your black agenda? See, you're right. And what did she say to you? Well, I mean, they all have little things here and there. The only person I've seen have a real live black agenda is Mayor Pete. He has the uh, Douglas plan, which is based off Frederick Douglas. Okay, right. And see, what most of them, what they can do is give you that old game that they used during, uh, <laughs> during the formation of this country in 1789. Mm-hmm. And they, they met up in Philadelphia and says, "We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna build this nation, and we're gonna, and we're gonna create a document that make us the cradle of democracy. It's gonna be a constitution." And they said, "But it, and we're gonna make this a plant land of opportunity and freedom for everybody." Yeah, right. Okay. So they met in Philadelphia for a whole week. You know what they did for a whole week? They closed the doors and put the guards on the windows in Philadelphia and said, now, we gotta, we got to write this Constitution. But we got a problem now. 
we're going to offer this as a land of opportunity for everybody, isn't it inconsistent and hypocritical for us to be getting ready to enslave all these darn black folk we're bringing into the country? It's how we're going to get past that. We said, well, what we'll do, we'll run a game on them. They've been running that same game ever since. What we'll do in the Constitution, we use very broad and ambiguous terms. And certain terms, certain of those broad, ambiguous terms would apply to whites and certain apply to black folk. So the United States Constitution said, we the people, all the people, all God had a God-given right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Initially, it wasn't even happening. It was really a property. Those black folk going to be property. And so that's, that's what it was structured on. And they said, well, what about black folk? When they read the Constitution, they said, what we'll do, let's use other words. Let's use code words like uh, those who are indebted, those who are in bondage, those who are property, those are three-fifths of a human being, mm-hmm. those who are equal to a field animal. And our people never figured that out. So you got all our, our civil rights leaders running around for years and running for public office like you're talking about, talking about we got rights. You don't have any rights in the Constitution. There's no rights for blacks in the Constitution. You got the United States Constitution in 1789 was strictly the first affirmative action plan in the country, strictly and solely for whites. Mm. And those- So let me stop that right there. We gave the definition of what a person is. Right? There's still the three-fifths compromise in the Constitution. We gave the definition yesterday of what a person is. Now, you have the rights as citizens, as citizens, but personship, being a person, well, that's a whole different definition altogether. And this is what Claude Anderson is conveying to you. You got the right as a I know, I know it's shocking. It's shocking. You don't want to hear it. You're like, oh my God. I'm I am a person though. That's why we need to know words and we need to know definition. We need to know more than the connote. We need to know the denotative definition of words to understand. Yes, you are a human being, not by the Constitution. Yes, you are a person, not by the Constitution. Yes, you are a citizen. Yes, by the amendments in the Constitution. Yes, American black people or to be a person, the plural of person is people. So wouldn't we say instead American black beings, because we are in a state of being, are citizens in the United States of America. See, we're going past elections. We're going past, we're, we're, we're going and showing you why Someone can be cut down in the street. Good morning to Stereo. I see that you're on there. What's up to Tracy Latrice, our producer, she's on. Good morning to both of you and everyone who is watching on Periscope, Vimeo, FB, and the Film Review Life channel. Make sure you subscribe, like, share, follow, friend, all those various platforms, right? that hashtag observations TFR is on. Now look, 
We're going past all of this. We are elevating past this. It, it's hard for you to know, man, I'm a person. Gotta go back and watch the show and listen to the definition of what makes a person. And if you do not hit that criteria, you are not actually a person, which means you can't say actually people, unless you're planning on tearing out and making a new. And that's something that American black people and the black diaspora seems not to do. They seem to want to get along, if, right? So as the definition of person, no, it makes you not people, no. Are you a citizen? Yes. But you're not a person. And by the Constitution, you are not a human. You are three-fifths of a human being. Ooh, but you're voting because you have citizenship, but they can do all kinds of various things to you without you being able to truly have any recourse or address towards it unless those who don't really see you as a person might be beneficent and merciful to say something and maybe it would change. Well, we know that we're not on politics. We're moving past it. We're moving past it. Who are you? All right, so let's keep going with Claude Anderson. What did he say? You have no rights in the Constitution because you're not represented as a person. You're not even a human. You're a citizen. Yeah. Those who lay down can pass for whites. That's what it's about. Mm -hmm. Black folk are the only people in this country that can't pass for white. And when I, when I left the White House with President Carter in, in, in 1970, the Office of Management and Budget says, we're gonna now gonna make everybody in here that comes into the country, we're gonna start qualifying them as being white. See, up until 19, like up to 1970, as an example, Hispanics were always white. They were always whites. But what happened in 1970, I was over education for the state of Florida at that time, and I have the dubious honor of writing the, writing the second, affirmative, second affirmative action plan in the United States, but the first one for black folks. When I wrote the affirmative action plan, it was approved by the governor and the state cabinets, the system. But not, <clears throat> I didn't write it for minorities and poor folk, those broad terms, people of color, and for diversity, you know, and for gays and lesbians and midgets and humpbacks and one-eyed people. I wrote it strictly for black folk. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, how, is there any way that blacks can correct the resource imbalance? Yeah, yeah you can. See, you start playing the game. That's why my second book, I wrote, I wrote the first book called Black Labor, White Wealth. And uh, which Ebony Jet calls the second Bible for black folk around the world. It sells all over Europe and mm -hmm. Africa. That was to show you every technique, every trick, every custom, every custom, every policy that the, that the major white society used to lock black folk into a lowest level of a real life monopoly game. And to maldistribute mal all the resources, period. It showed us that in very graphic terms. I think you got to have a copy of that bottom book over there. Yes, sir. That, black Label White Well. That's what that was for. We got Dirty Little Secrets. We got more Dirty Little Secrets. <clears throat> right. Okay. Thank you. Now, that, and this is what they call it around the world. They call this the second Bible for black folk. Mm -hmm. It shows you exactly what happened to you and that you have no rights. And it's, and, and power. I follow that with power nomics. I did. Oh, it's behind you. 
Yeah. There you go. Boom. Okay. Yeah. And this one, this one's a national plan. What was the question you just asked me? I ran past it. You asked me. Or how do we catch up as, as okay. black folk? How you catch up? This show, this is a national plan for black folk. It says a national plan to empower black Americans, period. And what you first thing you got to do is make a long story short. You got you to have what you never had in this country. That's a group self-interest. You've been inculcated and coordinated and brainwashed and believing that you got some obligation and responsibility to save the world. You got to save everybody first before you save yourself. Now, I'm a pilot. I don't fly anymore. I'm too old to be flying. But one of the first thing I would tell people on my plane as passengers, the first thing you do, if we lose cabin pressure at, at, uh, at 30,000 feet, we, lose, we don't have any cabin pressure at night over 10,000 feet. If you lose cabin pressure, a panel over your head will fall down. Mm -hmm. Right. When that mass falls down, the first thing you all should be doing is putting the mass on yourself. Mm -hmm. Quit trying to save everybody. Why has always got black folk marching trying to save it? We're marching for gays. We're marching for women. We're marching for, for poor people. We're marching for the handicapped. And yet you only control one half of 1% of wealth. You haven't got a snowball's chance. And in the, in the end of slavery, as I said, you had one half of 1%. Guess what? The average white person at that point in time had 3,500s times more wealth than the average black. That right there. That, that, that's a lot to ingest and take in from Claude. Have you, he was on Breakfast Club in 2019, so I really don't understand where some of the members of the Breakfast Club are heading with what they believe is happening, but we're not talking about the election. We're talking about American black people and we're talking about politicians. What does this have to do with black politicians are the devil? How far is too far? You stay with us. We do have a phone call. I believe that that is stereo on the line because he let us know that he wanted to talk. And so let's see. Let me see if this is stereo. Stereo, is that you? Hey, what's going on, dude? What's going on with you? What What's on your mind? Yo, you know, I'm going to be of it but let, 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 let me let me uh respond um there's too many of us that just want to be with them right 
And so when we're sitting, so so when we're sitting and we are discussing this, like like I said earlier, we know we're persons, we know we're people, we know we're human beings. But the what the European writes on his paper, what's on paper is the way that they move, right? So we have so to so to wait to give people the understanding so they will know what they're dealing with. Why are young men still being killed in the streets? Even though they say that they are supposed to, uh, that we are supposed to be citizens of the United States because of the fact that we are not seen as personship and they can do that because we are just citizens. And once people wake up to that, they will then begin to push the correct way, because believe it or not, we are in a, well, you know this already. We are in a global system of white supremacy, so wherever you go, they have similar laws written, which means that we have to then eliminate those laws for us to live as true human beings. We have to get that stripped out, changed, rearranged without the second paragraph being the one that says, okay, you're free of slavery, there will be no slavery. Oh, unless you're convicted of, duly convicted of a crime. There's always a, a, a forked tongue thing going there. So until we eradicate what's written, we will not be able to totally be totally free. But all of them are just words for somebody to try to kill out of right. That don't make it law. I'm saying that it's law because it's a system that is read by. But if we create our own law, create our own group of decree, then we got our own system too. Too yeah. many of us want to be with them, so we as a as a minority within the majority in the world. Have to, are, are subject to what the majority of us want. What you said, what you said that. What you say? I'm glad you said that again. But the thing is that it's been years of brainwashing. It's been years of looking at TV that's ran by the same society. It's been years of brainwashing. So what we have to do, you ever saw this movie? Because I love you in the movies. There was another movie called Drop Squad. I know you saw that movie. Uh, fill me in. I might have seen it and not remember the title. Yes. 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 Uh, Eric LaSalle. Eric LaSalle. Even though the movie was so prolific, but these are the things in the shit. That was a good parody of what happened. But these are the things that we have, we have to reverse that brainwashing. Because it's been years of brainwashing. We're not going to go away overnight. And this is why they don't want to be a part of that society and dictate it in that society. Because they've been brainwashed to, to, to the American dream. Anything that's a dream, you wake up from a dream. When? When? You know what I'm saying? So, you so, just got to change our thinking. My, like one of my mentors said, you just got to change our, our thinking, thinking. 
You know, I don't, I don't mind if a person wants his race to be his race, that's his choice. But at the end of the day, what makes us a race that's to be kind of lazy or kind of like don't want to stand up, we want to fight for the system that they have to say, well, they say this is us, we should do this. Why not create our own system so we can have that much power in our own system and we don't have to worry about that system? And we don't have God, like, like I mean, so who knows if that's the Jews? You look in New York and at the Jewish people, they got their own security system, their own police, all that. Anything about even when the police show up, they shut them down. Because they think they, they, they police their own place. You know what I'm saying? It's society. Okay. You tell me and they say to do what they do. So I, that's why, I mean, I'm just saying, that's why I look on If we get up and do something and make something happen, that's just what we need to do instead of, oh, they need to change the law. No, let's all be there at all. But let's create our own system. Mm. Okay. Stay stay with the show. I, I, I thank you for your, your call. Keep listening to the show because I do have part within this presentation that I cut talking about the Jewish state of Jerusalem. And so... You know, stay stay watching it, and then feel free to call back in again after you watch that, because I would like to get your perspective on that afterwards. So I'm going to hold that, and so go and keep on listening, and we're and hopefully you'll call back in again. Thanks for your call right now. Okay, for sure. All right, all right, people. So look, stereo brings a great perspective. Now remember now. We're in a system of white supremacy, right? We, we, it's a global system. Whatever you want to call the system, you want to call it a global governing system where the different countries, the different governments in the country have come together and have come with an agreement about how things work. We happen to have a part in the presentation about Jerusalem. So we, so, you know, they still themselves had to get permission as a people to have this place, which gets us into talking about time and how long it actually took for that to develop versus how long it has taken for there to be just a reparations package. Keep listening, smash the share button, smash the like button, Make sure that you subscribe to the Film Review Life channel. We want to see at least 10 subscri new subscribers. Here we go. Let's continue with Claude real quick. That means that 99% of everything in this country was, was in the white society. And it's still in the white society. I don't care from, from Vermont all the way to California, San Diego. 98% of everything of value is locked in, in the white society. 87% of it's frozen. A lot still coming out of Nigeria. It's very important that we as an African people and, you know, our Nigerian brothers and sis, uh, you know sisters hold on to the narrative and steer the narrative in a way that will be ultimately beneficial to them because we're already seeing um, different agendas coming forward. And I'm very happy with... this. Let me stop you real quick. This is Dr. Moonbay. She has a show that comes on daily, multiple episodes that come on daily. Talk, speaking on different topics is happening in the continent of Africa. She's in Kenya, but she's on the ground and she deals with the 54 countries 
in Africa, right? And she's talking about the Nigeria situation with the czars and SWAT. We talked about that last week. We got two episodes about that last week. We have them on my page. You can go back and catch up. We're going to keep moving forward. She's getting ready to speak on Sheila Jackson Lee. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee. This is the person that is on the front of the ad that we have here. Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far for black politicians to go? She is not, she is for our interest right now the poster child for this because of what has been happening. And remember, we asked the question, what does a black politician, how can a black politician affect change in another black, majority black country, predominantly black country, when they cannot affect change right here in the United States for their own people? Let's continue on. Now, listen to what uh, Dr. Moonbay has to say right here, right? Um, my U.S. subscriber who sent me this video uh, via WhatsApp, it really, and she was like, you know, I, I assume it's a she, but it could be a he. Uh, she was like, you know, you were right. And it, it shows, I'm actually going to share the clip with you right now, where um, this African-American congresswoman, she's part of um, the Nigeria Caucus of America. Uh, she talks about, okay, first she goes into how she's standing in solidarity with a divided states etc etc and then towards the very end and if you're not paying attention you could actually miss it she talks about how um you know uh the Nigerian, the U.S. government should actually help set up and pay a police force that would give, you know, that would give Nigerians the dignity it deserved. And I warned you guys, you must control this and make sure that this, you know, the revolution that is taking place in Nigeria right now is not hijacked. As the chair of the bipartisan Nigerian caucus in the United States Congress. Yeah. I am its chair. How did Sheila Jackson Lee become the chair of the bipartisan commission of Nigeria? The, 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 like the CBC, like she's in the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus, but somehow now she's in the Nigerian caucus? Like, what, is she an immigrant? Like, is she an immigrant? Like, what, how, how is she all of a sudden the chair? Shouldn't it be a Nigerian, like from Nigeria that has been naturalized, who got into the Congress, I mean, into the House and is a representative? Shouldn't they be the chair? How did Sheila Jackson Lee become the chair? Now, she's the chair of that, but yeah, last year she was talking about uh, HR 40 and that it should be signed, but somehow that's been wiped under the carpet. It's not even being talked about. So let, let's continue with what Sheila, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee, who is she representing? This is duality or even triality. Let, let, let's see. We were the first to go in 
to Nigeria when the Chikuk girls were taken. The first Americans, that is the Congressional Nigerian Caucus. Three members of Congress went, myself, Congressman Chabot, and Congresswoman Frederica Wilson. We were the only and the first. We spoke to the parents. We went to the north. The Niger the 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 Congressional Nigerian Caucus, right? We told you 22 million. We told you 22. I just go back and listen to the previous shows. We don't have time to go back. It's there though. We talked about it in the Nigerian episodes and even before then in different contexts, right? 22 million. We're 42 to 44 million. 22 of our little babies were aborted or we would be 66 million. The Congressional Nigerian Caucus. How come the Nigerian Caucus isn't in with the Black Caucus like fighting the same battle because they are not. But anyway, you need to go back and watch that. So we told you about that. We warned you about that. We told you, how's this woman playing duplicity? Now, did she see what she said with Boko Haram and the situation with the little girls? That situation was never resolved, but yet she was on it. See, we're looking for politicians to have results. And when there are no results, just going and making a photo op and standing there and, and proclaiming something, but you have no results because you're not put in place to give results, which makes people, we just talked about demons yesterday. What is the demon for talk, but no action? Talk and no action. Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? How far are we gonna be willing to go before we realize that the black poli... Anyway, let, let, let's continue on. Let's continue on here. Let's keep on listening to what she has to say. Here we go. And we ask the government to stand up against Boko Haram, to help those in the North, to bring justice to them. Yes. So I am a friend of Nigeria, but being a friend does not diminish the right to tell the truth. That's yes. right. Yes. Come out. So I come here today as a truth teller, yes. to be able to say that Nigeria, now the largest nation on the continent, yes. uh, the country with the population and the intellect and the resources to be a somebody half-heartedly corrected her and said azania they said south africa but i'm saying azania the actual name of africa by a, a black africans azania okay and so they halfway so she said she's got to come She's a, now listen to that double speak. She says she's a friend of Nigeria, but does that, that does not mean, you see, that's just like, Sam, we, we got to put it together. That's just like, there will be no more slavery up unless you are duly convicted of a crime. She said, I am, this is political speak. This is double men here. 
uh, I am a friend of Nigeria, but being that does not mean that I'm not, I cannot speak the truth. So she's getting ready to tell you she's getting ready to down Nigeria. And she does just that. Let's keep listening, but that is that political. I am a friend of Nigeria, but does that not mean that I will not come here and be a truth teller? So let's see what truth by her perspective she is talking and what point and what she's trying to get to. Here we go. A powerhouse, not only on the continent of Africa, but around the world. In order to do that, I cannot suffer through a nation that will kill its young and its children, its petitioners who are petitioning the government peacefully. I can hear the shots of the military shooting the people in the street. I cannot suffer that. And it is important that you petition your government, this government, to be able to stand up. And so, we have now asked the Secretary of State, Pompeo, to stand in opposition right now to the actions going on in Nigeria. Let's stop that for me. Okay, so she says she asked Pompeo. Now, the Nigerians that are there, they are clapping over a white man doing something. I just have to give you, I just have to give you a perspective. She, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee comes there and she speaks about Mike Pompeo. She asked, she just asked. Didn't she say that when the girls went missing with Boko Haram that she went there and asked the Nigerian government to stand up? What happened? Did the Nigerian government stand up? She just asked. You have to listen. You have to listen to the trick of ticks. She is poor at phraseology. She is, in my opinion, D plus at best in phraseology. Did you hear what she said? She said she asked, and everybody was like, oh yeah, Boko Haram. Oh, them, most of them girls still in bondage and grown up had kids and how many years ago was that? And Okay. So now she just asked Mike Pompeo, United States. Now, wait a minute. You're, talk, you're saying that the Trump administration isn't good for anything, but yet somehow you're going to ask the Trump administration's guy to do something that has to do with the Nigerians. You're just asking. Nothing, hap- nothing came from you asking the Nigerian government to stand up doing Boko Haram, and what do you think? What is the possibility and the probabilities of something happening when you're just asking and you don't have any power? You don't have anything behind you that you can hold out from someone because you have opened it up and gave it all. How are you going to have anything to bargain with to make them move? You don't! Because you're nothing but a citizen. You're not a person you don't uh, go listen to the definitions yesterday okay let's continue on let's continue <laughs> today is juneteenth 
day that commemorates the announcement of the abolition of slavery in Texas and more generally throughout the former Confederacy on June 19, 1865. The news of the Emancipation of Proclamation did not reach Texas for two years, and so it was not until 1865 that all enslaved people knew they were free, despite President Lincoln's emancipation announcement. Slavery was a crime against humanity. Slavery was a crime against humanity. Slavery was a crime against humanity. One would... Slave, I have to repeat that. Slavery was a crime of against. Slavery was a crime against humanity. What happens when that designation is put there when it's not just talk? Oh, there is some kind of rep operation that is put mm -hmm. forth. If you know that it is a crime against humanity, then you move to make it so the people are made whole. Let's continue because we have the Jewish situation coming in and we're going to see how long it took for Jerusalem to be formed. It's a... a Doing the research, I found out it's a two-step process to how Jerusalem, Jerusalem didn't start after Hitler ovened our Jewish brothers and sisters. No, it didn't. It started after war, world, world, world war one. Did y'all know that? Oh, but we have it for you. We have to give context and we have to go into time. Time is very important. We spin our wheels on, on the hamster wheel, going around in time and letting time lapse against us. And each generation seems to forget. So we are here to make sure that you don't forget. So let's continue. Crimes against humanity. Matter of fact, look that up, Tanya, and give the definition when we come back, when we take the next break from it, okay? Whose impacts we as a society continue to grapple with today. This year also marks the 400th anniversary of the first African slaves being brought to America. Slavery was our nation's original sin. Our Constitution protected it, embodying it in various compromises that gave disproportionate power to slave states. They said, how are we going to get past that? They said, well, what we'll do, we'll run a game on them. They've been running that same game ever since. What we'll do in the Constitution, we use very broad and ambiguous terms. And certain terms, certain of those broad, ambiguous terms would apply to whites and certain apply to black folk. So the United States Constitution said, we the people, all the people, all God, had a God-given right to life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. Initially, it wasn't even happening. It was really a property. It was black folk going to be property. And so that's, that's what it was structured on. They said, well, what about black folk when they read the Constitution? They said, what we'll do, let's use other words. Let's use code words like uh, those who are indebted, those who are in bondage, those who are property, those are three-fifths of a human being, mm -hmm. those who are equal to a field animal. And our people never figured that out. Mm. So you got all our, our civil rights leaders running around for years and running for public office like you're talking about, talking about we got rights. You don't have any rights in the Constitution. There's hate crimes, white supremacy, the legacy of slavery, the legacy of Jim Crow, all hold back our country's longstanding efforts to carry out what the preamble to our Constitution says it is designed to do to form a more perfect union. 
Reparations in the context of H.R. 40 are ultimately about respect and reconciliation and the hope that one day all Americans can walk together toward a more just future. I hope that the commission established by H.R. 40 can help us better comprehend our own history and bring us closer to racial understanding and advancement and justice. And now I'd like to recognize the gentlelady from Texas for an opening statement, Ms. Sheila Jackson Lee. What is the definition of crimes against humanity? All right, the definition is on uh, drum roll or acts of aggression, a deliberate act, typically as part of a systematic campaign that causes human suffering or death on a large scale. A deliberate act typically as part of a systematic campaign that causes human suffering or death on a large scale. That is crimes against humanity. And you know what happens after crimes against humanity? Boy, I'm telling you, they, they put together tribunals, they put together, here this is with the HR 40. It's been 400 years in 2019. We are on 401 years People have been diverted off of what the original plan was because the Negro Whisperers said something in 2019 about reparations and then when the campaign kicked into full gear in 2020 when the, when the vice president was picked and all that, oh no, no more talk. But we are not talking about the campaign. We're talking about how our reparations keeps getting kicked down the road another 50 years another 50 years like healthcare was kicked down the road for another 50 years but anyway so let's hear what sheila jackson lee sheila jackson lee sounds good when she gets up there she puts that bass in her voice she becomes commanding she says this is something now you listen very closely because there is ADOS, American Descendants of Slavery. She says, African Descendants of Slavery, which is wrong. This is what Sheila Jackson Lee says. It's wrong on its face and its precept and its concept because by the time we were free, there was no more African. We had created our own cultures and concepts and, and, and precepts of how we live our life. So what she's saying is to go purposefully opposite ADOS. So let, let, let's go through, let's listen to what Sheila Jackson Lee has to say. I'm telling you what type of, anyway, let's go. Chairman, thank you very much, and thank you to uh, Chairman Nadler for uh, a uh, identity of H.R. 4 as a legitimate legislative action that should receive the full hearing of this committee, should in fact have a markup, go to the floor of the House, go to the United States Senate, and be signed by the President of the United States of America. This is a action of legislative commitment 
And this is not a symbolic action, though I am gratified that we are having this hearing on Juneteenth. And for those of us who understand Juneteenth, two years after the proclamation, Emancipation Proclamation, there were those Africans who did not have freedom until 1865. So let me begin and indicate to my friends who have expressed a variety of assessments of H.R. 40 and say that America is a place that welcomes the diversity of thought. We even welcome the diversity of thought among the multicolored chocolate people that are African Americans, descendants of African slaves, descendants of African slaves, descendants of African slaves. African Americans, descendants of African slaves. Oops, wait a minute, problem. They stopped the transatlantic slave trade and, trade and they started breeding farms here. By the end of slavery, the connection to Africa was cut. Tell them. The connection to Africa was cut. I mean, this is nice for her to gloss this. Just our observations, just our opinions. Hashtag observations TFR, right? It's nice for her to say that, but they have breeding farms. As a matter of fact, if you swab your mouth and you get every year, you start getting like, like 20 different people, that meant that they, you were one of the ones that were really affected by the breeding farms and you are actually Yakub's travels. Yakub's idea is travel to the slave owners here and you are a bit of this, bit of that. Got your teeth like this, got your eyes like that, got your skin like this, got your breasts like that, got your butt like this. <laughs> so by the time this happens, so she purposefully does this, but yes, she is the chair of the Congressional Nigerian Caucus, but yes, she's a member of the CBC. But yet we're all Africans, but yet the Africans coming over, they need to be so separated. They need to have, they don't believe the way we believe and they're trying to get along and it's just going to be a decade or so their kids going to just ask the Aubrey family. But anyway, so she's sitting there and she's saying this, this is duplicitous. Let's continue. Let me be very clear. It is only this group even though they attempted to enslave Native Americans, it is only this group that can singularly, singularly claim to have been slaves. So all you got to compete with is about 13% is up for grabs. Mm. And if black folks don't learn how to compete for that 13%, you are through. And right now that's, that's what's happening around the world. You see all these, it's, we're going to implode in this country. Same thing happening now, happening in Germany with the Jews, and there was a book out called Hitler's Willing Execution to say the same thing. When certain kind of things began to happen to you as a group, you better be very careful. And they wrote that as a big, thick book and about, about what's going to happen. That's, and, and they started exterminating the Jews. Why? Because you got a group now that you all don't know about called uh, the Council of 300. What they want to do now is say, we got too many people on the earth, and we're going to start losing resources. There aren't going to be enough resources left. 
We got water. We're gonna have water shortages coming, and water shortages come. What follows that is food shortages. Right now, 20% of the world is suffering from water shortages. We're gonna start having water shortages in this country. We have water shortages and have food shortages. So what the council and all these government, all these rich people on earth are saying is that we got to start getting rid of some of these people. We're gonna start with the non-producers. Now, who are the non-producers in America? The only people in America that produces absolutely nothing except sweat is black folk. This episode would weaken the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth besieged on all sides by neighboring powers. In 150 years, the regime falls and its territory is carved up. The Jewish community is divided and 900,000 of them find themselves in the Russian Empire where... Let's go through the Jewish situation, right? Let's go through it. Now, this is showing you, we put this in to let you know, because a lot of people like to talk and say, hey, you know, we don't need this. We don't need that. You know, black people were going through this in their, in America, as this was going on, as this was going on to Jewish people, right? Warsaw got swallowed up, but check out the years. Check out the years, how long it took for after Warsaw was swallowed up and the Russians started to brutalize Jewish people, how long it took for them to escape basically and then set up with powers of certain governments set up Jerusalem. See, it has to be given it has to be politic it has to be conjoled it has to be discussed to get your own land to set up your own thing and then it has to be recognized and ratified and seen as a state so let's go through this let's go through this, this is interesting and they are not welcome they quickly become the targets of attacks called pogroms a russian term meaning devastation Given the lack of response from authorities, these attacks become more frequent and deadly. The Jews then emigrate to the United States and Western Europe, which in the meantime has improved their living conditions. It is in this context that the first Zionist Congress is held in Basel in 1897, contemplating the founding of a new homeland for the Jewish people in Palestine. But the Ottoman Empire is fiercely opposed to the project. A few years later, the First World War breaks out. The Ottoman Empire fought alongside Germany. When the Allies were in trouble and desperately sought further support, the then British Minister of Foreign Affairs, Arthur Balfour, wrote an open letter promising a Jewish homeland in Palestine in return for Jewish support. Meanwhile, the British tried to weaken the Ottoman Empire by supporting the Arab rebellion and promising them independence in liberated territories. At the end of the war, the Ottoman Empire was defeated and its land carved up by European powers. The British give more independence to Iraq and Transjordan. It is in what remains of Palestine that Britain wants to create a Jewish homeland where the Jewish community was a small minority. But immigration grows rapidly due to the tense situation in Europe, especially in Germany. So you see, 
the English, Britain defeats the Ottoman Turks and then divides up the land, gives land to Jordan and Iraq. They give the land because these are two people who split up from being Ottomans and broke away. They probably had a rift that was artificially put into place and then they had a riff and they decided to call them I'm Jordanian, I'm Iraqi and then they split and then they cut annexed off that slither of land and called it Jerusalem. Now, let's get the calculator. Subtract 1897 from 1922. 1897 from 1922. This is how fast things move when they want things to move. They didn't hard, they didn't set up a they didn't set up a tribunal. They didn't set up a a listening a, a listening. They didn't set up a commission. They didn't do anything. They did this and then they as the war was ending, they divided it up. Something that they did behind closed doors because they already had the instruction from 1897. Ninety-five years. Ninety-five years. Just off of a a council that met, then the guy writes the letter in eighteen ninety-seven, and then by nine. 1922 Jerusalem Jerusalem exists where it didn't exist before 95 years right 95 years right 95 years 95 that's all 95 years people would live that long and see it come to fruition. Somebody that was five years old would be 90. Oh, yeah, 90, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Somebody just born, they would have been coming through it, they would be 95. Somebody was five would be 100. They would see right. this, right? They would see this come to existence. Somebody that was born 95 years at zero would be 95 and see it. How many of the descendants of slaves were around and have not seen their people get reparations? See, this shows you that where there is a will, there is a A. Oh, excuse me, that's education. Where there is a will, there is a way and a determination to get it done no matter what people think, no matter what people say. We're the only ones sitting up saying, I don't need that. The Jewish people didn't say they didn't need it. They took it. They just, yeah, that's right, that's right. But the anti-Semitic Nazi party came into power. In September 1939, Germany invades Poland. 
Britain and France respond by declaring war, sparking the beginning of World War II. In five years, the conflict claims more than 60 million lives, including almost 6 million Jews targeted by the Holocaust. Following the war, Jewish immigration to Palestine grows, increasing tensions with Arabs. Overwhelmed by the situation, the British begin their withdrawal from the area. The UN takes over and proposes to divide the region into two states, with Jerusalem being given a special status of an international zone. H.R. 40 is in fact is in fact the response of the United States of America long overdue. No long-winded speeches on television, no hearty, hearty, oh yes, and exactly, H.R. 40. How come H.R. 40 wasn't ran through and, and, and laid out and done that and was ready to sign on Trump's desk? You're talking against Trump, but yet you're talking about him signing something. I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's on his face is one big lie. And it's no way else that you can cut this. Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? How far is it gonna be? You know, it only took 95 years to create Jerusalem. 95 years. We're 401 now. We're still trying to get the reparations. It's going to take 495 years. None of us are going to be here to see that. Okay, wait. Let's continue. Slavery <laughs> is the original sin. Slavery has never received an apology. This commission would be comprised of members selected by the President of the United States, the Speaker of the House, the Leader, and of course, those who've been entrenched in this process. Secondarily, we've asked the chair and the, sec the chair of the National Security Council of the United Nations, and as well the general secretary, that they must address the president of Nigeria, Mr. Bahari, on the violence, and SARS must end and SWAT. I want a law-abiding country. I believe that law and order is important, as it is here. And many of you know that we've suffered some tragic losses in the last days. But what we need from Nigeria is to... She said that she believes in law and order did you hear that she said she believes in law and order and we have in america has suffered some losses just recently that's the young man in philadelphia who was having a mental break and had a knife in his hand and they shot him 12 times dead but she believes in law and order so listen to what she proposes in another person's country Listen to what she proposes in Nigeria. Now, we're having trouble with police here, but you're talking about police and who would fund the police. Listen. Set up a police force that acts in dignity and base its facts or its service on public safety. Yes. yes. 
We must pay them. We must provide for their families yes. in Nigeria. We must give them a decent income. Uh -huh. We must recruit those who have come to do good. Yes. We must not force them to do evil or to do bad. Mm -hmm. And we cannot take out groups like the LGBTQ community. Yes. You heard what that lady said, and at first you can feel like, you know, and sometimes they'll use people that look like us. Sorry, guys, I'm even not even finishing my sentences. Sometimes they'll use people that look like you and me to deliver an agenda that is against you and me. And that's something we just have to be mature enough. And like, you, you guys, it's time to adult right now. Like, things are thick. Things are really happening. And for, you see, for that suggestion that, um, you know, the divided states would actually sponsor some kind of police force, um, to pen to to um, and help finance it um, to you know to keep uh, Nigerians uh, safe and give them the humanity dignity humanity and dignity they deserve that is all spell work beloved that's gibberish it's did you hear what she said she said that's all spell work what have we been telling you about spells words as spells that's all spell work. And, and, and in my opinion, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee is not good at that spell work because she just shows you where it's been failure and then it's gonna be a failure again because it comes from off of that failure. That is a spell. She's in head of HR 40, a spell set to fail. Her phraseology is all. Phraseology is the way to spin words into spells. You need to go back and watch our previous shows. We're giving it to you. We're putting you up. You have to be ready because when you're joining involuntarily, with the artificial intelligence, you will have wished that you had listened. <laughs> Let's continue. It's never a good idea for a foreign nation to even suggest. And when you see whispers like this, you know, if the Nigerians in the diaspora are not careful, then this entire process will be hijacked and it will work against the Nigerian people. One million African Americans are incarcerated. That is a continuing impact. The black employment rate is 6.6%, in spite of what has been said currently, more than double the national unemployment rate. 31% of black children live in poverty compared to... I remember correctly, under Obama, it was nine point something percent. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making context of what's going on. As he said, spite, in spite of what was said, I mean, I... I don't understand. Uh, anyway, let's continue. 11% of white children. The natural average is 18%, which suggests the percentage of black children living in poverty is more than 150%. Even in spite of the glorious overcoming of the talent that is part of our community, the scrapping together of making sure our children received education, the putting together something out of nothing, we still have been impacted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now, all of our people that are supposed to be successful, guess what? The only thing they be doing is sweat. They're running with balls, football, basketball, baseball, tennis ball, golf ball, singing dancing. and dance, singing and dancing, producing sweat. Nobody's buying any damn sweat. 
And how are you going to feed yourself? Right. We don't produce anything. We don't have any industries. And we had a chance to get industries in the 1700s when the Industrial Revolution went through Europe. Black folk were slaves. When the Industrial Revolution went through America in the 1800s, we were still enslaved. We own and control absolutely nothing. You don't think that's changing now a little bit? Oh, man, no. It's getting worse. As a matter of fact, let me give you a difference. Right now, we got all these people that you're running for public office talking about. We got we to gotta, we gotta look for or, uh, eradicate poverty. You cannot eradicate poverty. Poverty is a fix. It's a govern. It's a given. You cannot eradicate poverty. Why? <laughs> because just like you can't eradicate, you got an up, you got a down. You got an in, you got an out. That is a fix. You cannot change it. And you always got people wanting to eradicate poverty. You, what you should be saying is leave poverty alone and go down and try to figure out how to get black folk out of poverty. Don't mm. be trying to eradicate poverty. Leave poverty alone and get blacks out. And see, so they go, well, what we're gonna, what we need to have more equality. On a race-based society, you cannot have equality. It's impossible. Mm. The whole point of a race is a contest. That's right. See, a race, you don't go, you all don't go to the Kentucky Derby. They try to have all the horses being equal, do you? No, you, you know, want one to win. You see, you got it again. You're mm-hmm. a smart man. <laughs> you, you, you want to see who comes in first, second, or place. Right. And so yet they say, we're going to, well, in a race-based society, why is it called a race? race? is Race never started, never existed on the earth until the 1500s. And that's when it started, when a race, that's where racism comes from. <clears throat> they didn't pick racism just out of thin air. It's a social construct. It's a social construct. Yeah. It's a social construct. And they started. We can start. Well, what we're going to do now that Columbus discovered America? You got in 1492. You got we got a lot of land over there. It's pretty much vacated, uh, vacant, and um, and we got and uh, we need to go over there and try to get that land. And what they said is, they said, well, let's go back. How are we going to do it? <clears throat> and they said, well, let's see. Back in about 14, about 1446, we had a guy named Henry the Navigator that went around the coast of Africa. And he picked up about 16 blacks, Africans, and brought, and brought them back to Europe, gave them to the Pope in the Vatican. And the Pope said, we use these as slaves. And so the, so the Vatican used blacks as slaves. That was one of the first ones from about 1446 up to about 1488. Then Pope Innocent came out and said, well, you know, uh, having these people as slaves, that's a good thing. And so mm-hmm. why is that important now? Because you see the Fox Channel be telling you all, while blacks complain about being slaves, we've always had slaves. No, you have not. You may have had slaves, but not based on skin color. Mm. And Pope Innocent came out and says, in the future, don't enslave anybody based on the traditional manner. You're going to enslave people for being either prisoner of war or for personal indebtedness or religious persecution. He said, let's skip that now and enslave them based on skin color. That was her start. That's her trigger in 1488. So when Columbus discovered America in 1492, <clears throat> He had all this land over here <clears throat> in that particular particular time. Yeah, water for you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you. Yes, sir. At that particular time, Europe was being decimated. Mm-hmm. Europe was under, under major problems. The entire European continent was being decimated with crime, crime, famine, and diseases. They didn't know what to do in the late 14, 1400s and early 1500s. So when Columbus discovered America, they had all this land. And Pope Innocent said, use these people. Let's have a new form of slavery. No more long, No longer based on religion personal indebtedness or prison of war, let's use them skin color. And so by the 1500s, they, we can say, use that and save America. So a race started. A race is a contest. Mm-hmm. That contest started between nine European nations. Mm. Portugal, they all said, let's get in the contest so we can go to the Americas, to the Americas first and capture all that land and build it, build wealth. 
That's what they came here for. Mm-hmm. Now, you all get by that stuff about they believe in about the Constitution, but they came here for religious persecution. Nobody came here for no damn religious persecution. They came here for <laughs> happiness. Nobody can get on a damn boat to sail across the Atlantic coming to America for happiness. Then that's stupid. They came here for enrichment. Every tourist and I mean, uh, uh, immigrant came to America, they came here for personal enrichment. And I wear the colors of our red, white, and blue because that flag is to stand around the world for what is right, what is humane, what is decent, what is orderly, what is democracy, what is just, what is equality. That's right. And we will continue to press the present government of the United States to take a uh, very important step in asking and demanding uh, that Nigeria recognize that the world is watching. We must. Okay, so that's, that's it for that. So look, we've got four minutes. You've got two. Go ahead and close out. This is some very important information. And as I look at that person uh, who is a representative in our country who dropped the ball on a suggestion, she suggested and then dropped the ball on. This seems to be a running thing amongst black organizers and black people in positions and sitting in these seats in this country. You know, you had BLM, they was on a, 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 a deceptive agenda. Then they just picked up and left and went and formed something else. You got this person that's a representative in this country. They come up with something to get your ear, is to get your attention, is to to get your or try to gain your confidences. And then next thing you know, voila, poof, it's then disappeared and nobody knows where it's at. And I mean, this is not acceptable. And we're gonna have to hold these people accountable for what they do. It's like, it, 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 it all becomes a game. So, I mean, what is this? You're gonna be raped by people that's not your people and you're gonna be raped by your own too because they got their own agendas and their own sub agendas that they got their hands in the pot and trying to create something for themselves and leaving you out of it. They need your body, they need your votes, they need all of that, but they don't. They're, nobody's talking about what they're going to give the people and you're not really giving us anything you are paying what is owed and what is due and the black person in office especially is responsible for taking on that task while they're in office to do what they do their due diligence towards us (laughs) all right people so look Black politicians are the devil. How far is too far? How far do they have to go before you realize that their agenda is not about American black, for sure. So people, and this is not about an election. This is about a system, a structure that is in place. We are beyond the election now. We are beyond the election now. This Sunday coming, 5.30 p.m. Pacific, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, it's hashtag TFR Podcast Live, the film review, movies, music, culture, politics, society podcast. We're going to be reviewing more films and bringing a perspective where 
We bring the reviews that save you pocket revenue. That's right. This has been a robust week. You got five episodes, two hours each to go back through possibilities and possibilities and probabilities, possibilities and probabilities, part one through five. We lay it all out there for you. What more would you need? We will see you again on Monday. We come on 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern, Monday through Friday. Make sure that you smash the share button, the like button, and the subscribe button on the Film Review Live channel. And we will see you next week on hashtag observations tfr by crazy d with my special guest host tanya m congress here's about your movie why i made the curator's pick of the hollywood fringe love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.